she's signaling to her supporters, you know, if if I don't make it, I want you to, you know, elect and put this person into office because I align with them on a policy level. And that's supposed to be the intent of approval voting. Do you think it hurts uh, Tashara Jones' brand of progressive politics that she just quasi-endorsed the preferred candidate of the police union? My colleague Jason Rosenbaum and I were puzzling this out earlier today. And and what he reminded me is that ultimately a race between Tashara Jones and Lewis Reed would come down to who gets support on the north side of the city. She needs his voters. Yesterday's mayoral debate, moderated by our own Rachel Lipman and Five on Your Side's Casey Nolan, featured some revealing moments. And anyone who lives in or cares about the city would be wise to pay attention. It's crunch time for undecided voters. The primary is the first time St. Louis voters will use approval voting mandated by Prop D, and the vote is less than one week away. And Rachel joins us today with the highlights. So, Rachel, welcome. Thank you, Sarah. It's always a pleasure. So it's it's kind of shocking to realize that the debate yesterday was one week out from the primary election. That's yeah, happening it's Tuesday. One of those, <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. No. And and this always happens with the with the March race. I think it's because February is such a short month that you forget that it ends on the twenty eighth, as opposed to the thirtieth or the thirty first. And it's also just that this election is the earliest it can be. It's always the first Tuesday after the first Monday, and well, Monday as March first. Mm. I'm glad to know this isn't just in in my head it really is sneaking up on us here oh no 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 it's not just you it's I, I've seen it on Twitter too that people are just like oh my goodness this is this is coming up and it also always follows you know big election years so we you know get through national stuff and then we're all sort of like oh yes there's there's local races as well too here in March so yeah there's this local race a pretty big deal local race there's no incumbent running there are four candidates um, for the first time we're doing this approval voting so people can vote for as many as they like is this primary still anyone's race to advance to the next round. I think you're probably looking at three candidates with an outside chance of making it to the next round. Um, you've got Treasurer Tashara Jones, Board of Aldermen President Lewis Reed. Both of them have run and won citywide, obviously, multiple times. Tashara uh, Jones is currently the treasurer, uh, and they have both run for mayor previously as well. Reed back in 2017 and 2013, and Jones back in 2017. So those are likely to the two candidates, I think, who are going to advance just out of, you know, name recognition. Kara Spencer, who is the 20th Ward Alderwoman, that's down in the uh, Dutch town southeast st louis neighborhoods uh may have an outside chance of becoming one of the the final two into uh the april election i I don't think you're likely to see uh, utility executive andrew jones in that election he ran as a republican candidate in uh 2017. Hmm. so this is basically a three-person race for two slots with with again the outside chance for the dark horse I think that's an accurate statement, yes. You're, you're probably going to see three of those uh, Democratic, quote-unquote, candidates, even though they all run as nonpartisan now, advance to the primary. And that just has to do with, you know, the way the city is. Um, yes, they run as nonpartisan candidates now, but, you know, you've had plenty of people say that it's up to the, you know, Democratic and parties now to, to make sure that people know who the Democrats are. And I imagine that's some of the messaging that is going on. Mm-hmm. Now, as you mentioned, Alderwoman Kara Spencer, she is um, one of those three candidates who has a decent chance of making this runoff. But you 
say she has a harder job here. Do you think at yesterday's debate she made the impression she would need to make to move an undecided voter and get into the big two? You know, that that's hard to say because uh, people vote for various different reasons on, you know, they, they may vote because they like the person's policies or they may vote because they, they, they just don't like the person. We all have seen that in, in St. Louis. You know, I've talked to these, these individuals multiple times and, you know, I had plenty of people say that, tell me that she, you know, comes off as, as more polished than, than they might expect. You know, this is judgment from, from other people that, you know, she makes the really good case for her policies. She has really tightened up some of her uh, remarks. She doesn't, you know, go on and on and on. She makes her points and she gets out. And she also had, um, at last check, I haven't checked the the eight days before, but at the uh, mm-hmm. quarterly reports, she had the money to be able to go up on the air and to, to send out quite a bit of, of mailers. So she certainly has the ability to, you know, get the attention. It's just whether people agree with what she says or doesn't says or doesn't say. Did anyone make a big impression yesterday, um, specifically talking about policy? Was there anything that, uh, um, you know, where somebody really staked a claim that could be important to this race? You know, I did not hear anything that, you know, that threw me for a loop. Again, I, you know, we're we're obviously so much more steeped in this than, um, than other people would. I mm-hmm. would call the debate substantive, but not necessarily anything new. You know, these are talking points that they've been honing over the last couple of, of months. You know, it, the one person that sort of really stands out, especially on the issue of crime, is Andrew Jones. He is much more of the traditional, you know, more aggressive policing, tough on crime uh, language. But, you know, other than that, mm-hmm. there's daylight between these candidates, especially the the three uh, Democrats, quote unquote, Tashara Jones, Lewis Reed, and Kara Spencer. But you're not talking about, you know, hugely, hugely significant differences in terms of kind of overall thought especially mm-hmm. when it comes to crime you know they'll they'll be the ones addressing we need to look at the root cause we need to do things like cure violence we need to do things like alternate uh, programs alternate sentencing those kind of things alternate strategies like I said, not much new if you've been paying attention, but it was certainly a substantive debate. Yeah, it seems like these are three people who might govern very differently, but many of their policies, they're at least speaking about them in the same ways. That's correct. Yes, you you don't, except for Andrew Jones, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. they, uh, you know, are all speaking the same language around root causes of crime. They're all speaking the same language around equitable development. The the other kind of bright line issue for, especially between Kara Spencer and Lewis Reed, is whether or not to privatize the operations of St. Louis Lambert International Airport. That is one of the stark differences between those two candidates is, is whether or not they think that that is an issue that needs to be explored. And Spencer is uh, very vociferously opposed to that. And Reed has taken a position that it, it's sometimes hard for me to care I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he in the past has supported exploring it. Yes, he would tell you that, you know, no, I don't support actually privatizing it, but I think it's something that we need to look at. And, you know, the the, uh, the payoff that you would get on the uh, front end of that is is certainly appealing to people. I can, you know, absolutely see why that would be something you would consider, you know, and almost two billion dollar influx of money into the city and you've settled that and you have that money to to play with so you know you look at it logically and you could understand why that is something that he advances but he endorsed a vote on 
having the city enter into a lease. Obviously, it, it didn't happen. So mm-hmm. he he's definitely more supportive of the idea mm-hmm. of it, whether or not of, of exploring it, whether or not he would say this exact lease is exactly what we want is hard to know. And you can't know that until you get a proposal. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say with this debate, the fireworks came in the final question. This is when your co-moderator, Casey Nolan, asked the candidates who they'd support in the final round if they themselves don't make it out of the primary next week. Yeah, and, and and fun fact, he was thinking like this was not going to get answered. We just sort of threw that question in there like, you know, well, this will be a good, you know, uh, quiet way to, to end the debate, a good out cue, if you will. And, uh, <laughs> and it was not an out cue. It was not. They, it was not. Well, it was an out cue. It was well, the last question. But, but, but <laughs> it really, I mean, man, it, it generated some debate. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play some of the clips from what happened in response to this question. Here's what Alderwoman Kara Spencer said. She answered this first. It was directed to her first. Here's what she said in throwing her support to Tashara Jones. I have to say it has been exceptionally difficult to work with president of the board at the Board of Aldermen. And the board is run like a circus in so many ways, um, you know, and I have to say that I really overlap in policies with uh, Treasurer Tashar Jones in many fronts. Now, here is how Board of Aldermen President Lewis Reed responded to that. Oh, my God. All the woman Kara Spencer just cannot uh, help herself but to spew hate, <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, um, the un- unfortunate thing, she has done the same thing at the Board of Aldermen, which is why she's is such a divisive figure, which is why you don't don't see not one African-American alderman supporting her. And that is Lewis Reed. Now, Rachel, that was quite an exchange there. Do you think it was good strategy on Spencer's part to try to paint him as incompetent in running the board of aldermen? You know, she uh, Reed and Spencer have been the ones kind of going after each other in this race. Uh, it, uh, the mailers from from Spencer. I have not yet actually seen a mailer from most of the other candidates except for for Kara Spencer and some of the ads that she has really do target President Reed. I think because, as she mentioned, with you know uh, Tashara Jones overlapping with her in policy a little bit more, it mm-hmm. does her absolutely no good to you know fling mud to target the treasurer. It, you know it, she may not necessarily personally like her but if if she wants to see her policies enacted she believes that she has a better choice a better chance if Tashara Jones is elected and she has someone that she could work with at the mayor world level while she remains at the board of aldermen so if you're thinking about it strategically she's signaling to her supporters you know if if I don't make it I want you to you know elect and put this person into office because I align with them on a policy level. And that's supposed to be the intent of approval voting is Mm -hmm. that you are making the decisions on policies. You're saying I could live with these candidates on a policy level. I endorse all of them in the first round. And that way, when you get to the second round, it's not a lesser of two evils choice. You're, you know, supposed to have someone that you believe you can support, not necessarily someone who you think can get elected. Well, what makes this even more more interesting, as, as you know, Rachel, is what happened next, because then it got to Tashara Jones. And she explained that she had a longstanding relationship with Lewis Reed. I know that at his heart, uh, he uh, he is uh, he definitely uh, is putting this, the city first. Uh, so I would support Lewis Reed if I if, if if I didn't make it through. 
And that is Treasurer Tashara Jones. Now, Rachel, it's safe to say that this sort of triggered a, a firestorm on social media. A lot of progressives were somewhat taken aback by that answer. Do you think it hurts uh, Tashara Jones' brand of pro- progressive politics that she just quasi-endorsed the preferred candidate of the police union? I don't know that it is necessarily going to cause any of them to not vote for her in the first round. Uh, my colleague Jason Rosenbaum and I were puzzling this out earlier today. And and what he reminded me is that ultimately a race between Tashara Jones and Lewis Reed would come down to who gets support on the north side of the city. Mm-hmm. It does her no good to alienate some of uh, Lewis Reed's voters in the north side by, you know, turning her fire on him now in the general election election sure she's if you know if she's elected she would want or if she advances to the prime or to the general election excuse me she obviously could run more negative but it doesn't do her any good right now to say no i'm absolutely you know against him because she needs his voters hmm. um again i i don't know that her saying I would vote for Lewis Reed if I don't make it is going to turn her supporters off. Maybe it does, but I, I think enough of them are are not going to follow her instructions, first of all. But I think it was more of a, of a signal to the North Side where she would need to get you know, significant support in order to be able to beat Lewis Reed. And that is a stronghold of his um, mm-hmm. if she advances. Now, I mentioned I, that- I don't think it's an alliance that would hold mm-hmm. if you know, you get to the general election. I mentioned that the Police um, Officers Association endorsed Lewis Reed. They also endorsed Andrew Jones. Um, in their recent newsletter, they um, explained these endorsements, and they also claimed, quote, the D in Prop D, which gave us this approval-based voting system, stands for defund. They write, this entire election racket was devised and promoted by the defund the police crowd. They see it as an opportunity to advance their favored candidates and disadvantage anyone who has the nerve to be even been remotely supportive of law enforcement. Rachel, do you think there's any truth to that claim about this new election system that we're trying out for the first time next week? I mean, the police officers, it was one of the most disingenuous banners that actually went up on the uh, police union's headquarters during the November election, which is when Proposition D was was put into place, was, you know, D equals defund the police. No, it had absolutely nothing to do with defunding the police. You know, any group is going to make claims about this. And, you know, the, the union is obviously staking out its interests. But Yes, there were groups of individuals who were behind this effort who are more likely to be the ones to say police officers don't need, you know, more funding. We need to look into alternate modes of policing, alternate programs like cops and clinicians. But we actually asked the defund question at that debate yesterday, what does it mean to you? And none of them said, all of them said, we need the police department. We just need it to look and behave and act differently. Hmm. So, I mean, we all know the St. Louis Police Officers Association. We know what their goals and their end games are. It was the most disingenuous banner I think they've ever put up. Like, I I got what they were, quote unquote, saying that, oh, if you vote for this, then defund candidates are going to come in. But no, it had absolutely nothing to do with defunding the the police whatsoever. So, 
you know, they're going to do what they're going to do in an effort to support their candidates. And they, you know, may be successful. They may not be successful. Who knows? It's interesting. Their effort to block Prop D was not successful at all. I mean, that thing did very well at the box office. Um, I think, you know, their endorsement of Lewis Reed, this could be a true test of their power if this propels him into the mayor's office or if this ends up becoming something that, that people see as a detriment. You know, we know that Reed is probably going to win the southwest side of St. Louis. The question is, you know, what are the margins going to be? You know, and is it going to be a vote for or is it going to be a vote against? Hmm. I mean, we all know that, you know, St. Louis can and will vote against a candidate by picking someone else rather than it being a full-throated support. And so when you say the southwest part of the city, um, that's a largely white area. There's a lot of law enforcement uh, people who live there. They might well be voting against Tashara Jones or against Kara Spencer uh, as opposed right. to being Right, and so they, they, may, they may truly support Lewis Reed in the sense of they agree with some of his policies. But it may also be one of those things where it's like uh, it, it, they're more enthusiastically against <laughs> another candidate, that they're blocking another candidate. Well, St. Louis Public Radio reporter Rachel Amin, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens next Tuesday. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. I'm always glad to do it. And if you're interested to hear about this debate that Rachel co-moderated, you can find that. There's video of it at stlpr.org slash voter guide. Again, that's stlpr, stlpr.org slash voter guide. And on that page, you can also find uh, St. Louis on the Air and Politically Speaking interviews with each of those four candidates. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. We also have a quick programming note. In just a couple weeks, we'll be marking one full year since Missouri Governor Mike Parson declared a state of emergency amid the COVID-19 pandemic. That's just hours after then-President Trump declared the pandemic a national emergency. On March 12th, we're planning a special edition of St. Louis on the Air devoted to reflections on the past year, and we would love to hear yours. What have you found yourself grieving in recent months? What has brought you joy or strength? What has surprised you the most during all of this? We invite you to share your reflection by leaving us a brief voicemail. Please include your first name and where you're calling from. You can call us at 314-516-6397 to leave us your message. That's a dedicated voicemail line no one will pick up. Again, that's 314-516-NEWS. And if you'd prefer to write out your thoughts, you can email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. And then join us March 12th for the on-air conversation. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.